When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. The Pac-12, or the Pac-9, or the Pac-6, feels like it ain't a Pac-nothing anymore. That's the direction that the Pac-12 feels like it is headed at this point. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons, hanging out with you this morning on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Of course, you can also watch us on ESPNU. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So, Ian, you know a thing or two about college sports, and Arizona is reportedly in deep discussions to leave the Pac-12, join the Big 12 that comes on the heels of the news that Colorado is doing the same thing. And this feels like the end of the Pac-12 to me. Yeah, and and I hate it, uh, but we'll get used to it. And I'll explain that in a moment. But I'm a traditionalist, you know, going from, you know, Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside at Army and Bud Wilkinson at, you know, at, at Oklahoma to Jim Plunkett playing quarterback at Stanford you know, just to bring it back to, you know, the, you know, the Pac-12 and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinert, you know, and all the, you know, those remarkable runs with Pete Carroll and the 2000 Dynasty USC Trojans. That's, you know, Warren Moon at Washington. That's, that's all college football history. But we'll get used to whatever the new landscape is. And I, I, do I want the Pac-12 to survive? Absolutely. But is it going to? It doesn't look like it at all. I mean, it's beyond now on life support. When Colorado, and think about this: how weak is your conference when in Colorado, which hasn't won spit since 2001 when they were in the Big 12? We're going back 22 years, Amber. When Colorado leaves your conference, that's the tipping point. It's like Dan Lanning said at Oregon. You know, the head coach of Oregon football. Well, what is that? How does that affect our conference? I mean, what have they done? Well, that was. That was the, the 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 next domino in you know the the conference falling over. So now you have Arizona in deep conversations. Pete Thamel reports, which means it's the gospel with the Big Twelve. And if Arizona's going, I was told two days ago by one high-ranking AD in the Pac-12 that no school really wants to be that final nail in the Pac-12's historic coffin. They don't want that blood just on their hands. So if Arizona's about to leave, that tells me they're going with Arizona State, and I wouldn't be surprised if the other corner school, meaning Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, they also go. Because I don't think one team, like this athletic director told me, wants that blood on their hands by themselves. But if you can spread that out, that's, that doesn't taste like vinegar on your palate anymore. That is more palatable. And I think that, that's probably what's going to happen. And now you have the Big Ten also now in discussions with Oregon and Washington. And if Oregon and Washington were to leave the Pac-12, they would have to go at a reduced rate like Rutgers and Maryland did when they, when they went to the Big Ten. They may get you know a two-thirds share or a half share of that right around $50 million that every Big Ten school is going to get on their TV media deal. And that, that's, that's double of what the, the Pac-12 is getting right now with this Apple streaming you know, offer that they've got, which is around just north of $20 million. So it's all about the dollars. You heard that, that Tom Luganbill there in the rejoin. He's right. 
as much as we want the Pac-12 to stick together, as much as we, you know, real college realignment is is like fingernails on a chalkboard. We're putting cigarettes out in our eyeballs, and you know, we, we it, we're just getting so tired of it. It's all about money. Mm-hmm. How much can you? How much can your school get? And when the Big Ten and SEC are making more than double of what the Pac-12 will make in, in their media deal with Apple streaming, their potential media deal, what would you do? You're gone. And right. So, so now it, this is it. This is going to be the future, and we'll get used to it. They're 20 to 25-year-olds right now. When you mentioned when Penn State was an independent, they're like, wait, what? Penn State was an independent? Yeah, they were. And they've been in the Big Ten for two decades, and we've gotten used to it. You know, we are now accustomed to Texas A&M being in the SEC and Arkansas being in the SEC and Nebraska being in the Big Ten. Whatever, however the landscape ends up with two or three mega conferences, at some point we will become used to it and comfortable with it. But right now in the moment, it hurts to see the Pac-12 dying on the vine. It's all about money. And that's what's funny to me, that nobody in this situation seemed to want to be the bad guy, right? I mean, I guess arguably the bad guys were already USC and UCLA. They started this trend. Then you had Colorado do it. And then the other schools sort of were just waiting to see who's going to be the one that leaves next because it's that school that I guess is going to kind of get targeted with, well, that was the end. The reality is the end was the media rights deal. The end was the fact that if you join one of these other conferences, you get so much more money from your school. And it's this weird thing with college ball and all of us who grew up college sports fans understand it. This thing with college ball where you do have these sort of emotional attachments to the conferences, right? And you don't want to be the one with that reputation for the Pac-12 fans. But also at the same time, you don't want to be the AD or the president of the university that allows yourself and your school to be in a financial situation that is so much worse than the next school because you decided to stay loyal to the brand of a conference. It doesn't make any sense I don't have the statistic in front of me but from the Florida State ACC conversation where Florida State is now threatening to leave the ACC and I'm sure we'll get into that later in the show there's a whole lot of legalities involved in that conversation and you're a lawyer you, I mean you, you, right and it, it, it's listen, not gonna that's, be easy. that's a whole that's not gonna be easy that's very different from what's happening with the Pac-12 but the reason FSU wants to leave the ACC is it something like the statistic is something like over the next however many years until that media rights deal in 2037 I believe it is expires Purdue is set to make like almost a billion more dollars over the course of that time as Florida State like so many more millions annually than FSU it's Purdue if you're FSU and you're looking at the brand of what Florida State particularly once was and what Purdue most people think of as right and it's like why is this happening well it's happening because of media rights deals and so if you run one of these athletic programs or you want run one of these universities you are talking millions and millions and millions of dollars for your program you cannot pass that up regardless of the emotions that are attached to these conferences and so I don't actually blame these schools in the Pac-12 and it seemed like Arizona State and Utah kind of pointed their fingers at Arizona and they were like you know what you're going to be the bad guy because we're just going to say that we're going to do whatever you decide to do here and what Arizona was clearly going to have to decide to do is leave 
leave the Pac-12. There is too much money on the table. The news comes on the heels of the Pac-12 commissioner presenting a new media rights deal to the schools in the Pac-12, but it was streaming largely. It left a lot to be desired. And if you're looking at the landscape of college football, you got to look at the money if you're an AD or a president. You can't look at the emotions behind it always. It's a business. We know that. And and if you're a conference commissioner like Brett Yormark, who was a forward-thinking guy, had a long conversation with him two weeks ago at Big 12 Media Days, and he's not looking at next year. He's looking, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And that's why he's being this aggressive. And he's coming off as a bad guy, like trying to poach, you know, the Pac-12. Well, you have to be. Because if you're not, then you're not doing your job. Because guess what? If you're not doing the poaching, you're poachable. And that's why what Bob Bowlesby did, former Big 12 commissioner, he saved that conference not once but twice. Think about that. I mean, when you lose Nebraska and Colorado and Texas A&M, I mean, that's that's brutal. Mm -hmm. And he saved that conference, again, not once but twice. Then you lose Texas and Oklahoma. And in that year of transition from Bowlesby to Yormark, he was able to help Yormark save it again. And what's going on in the Pac-12, to me, is not on George Klyovkov. It's on his predecessor and Larry Scott. He made that awful deal with the Pac-12 network, which was epic failure. And everything he did as commissioner was left in this just messed up bed that Klyovkov and his crew had to sleep in. And it was almost unsalvageable. So if you want to look for someone to blame as to why the Pac-12 is on the verge of being no longer... You just point to Larry Scott, their former commissioner, because he absolutely wrecked a proud and arrogant conference. And maybe arrogance was part of what led to where we are right now. And the leader of that was Larry Scott. I think some of these commissioners also thought that geography was going to matter more than it does with conference Greg Sankey's that guy. Yeah. Greg Sankey told me about six months ago, commissioner of the SEC, in my opinion, the most powerful man in collegiate athletics. He said that his furthest trip he has to make as a commissioner to go from one game to another on a college football Saturday is from Columbia, South Carolina to College Station in Texas for Texas A&M. His his furthest trip is closer than the closest trip that USC or UCLA will have to make in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. He still wants to be regional and have that regional brand which transcends nationally. But he's, he's in the minority because, obviously, everybody else is just grabbing up whomever they can like they're throwing out Tic Tacs. Now, he's in a, in an advantageous situation, no though, doubt. where he happens to be in the South with Southern fried football everywhere and monster programs making monster money all over the place. So yeah. It's a little bit it's, easier it's for him to be It's football, family, religion in that order in the fall. Right? right. That, those are the priorities in the SEC. I mean, I am an SEC girl. And so from that perspective, like, it's very easy. I, when I put sort of my business lawyer hat on and I'm looking at the landscape of college football and I'm thinking, this is money, maybe. Like, this, is just, this, is, this ain't personal. Right. It's strictly business. And that's what's happening here with conference realignment. I understand it. It's the same decisions I would be making if I was running these universities, these athletic departments and frankly, these conferences as well. But then as an SEC gal and an SEC fan, I think about the prospect of if my Gators were no longer in the SEC, what would that feel like? Right. And that would feel very strange and awful. And yes, you've mentioned we've seen it, you know, Texas A&M, like obviously we're seeing it with Oklahoma and Texas and what I haven't experienced it as a fan. And 
And I do personally have an emotional attachment to that conference because I haven't just been watching Florida football my entire life. I've also been rooting for the SEC my entire life. And the SEC, that's a particularly weird thing that we do, by the way, where we root for the other schools in the conference, but we do. And it feels like a community, the SEC. And that's what the Pac-12 is, is losing. So I, I feel for these fans that are impacted by it, but the realities are the realities. And this is not the end of the story by any means, Ian. We're going to see a lot more of this. No doubt about it. This is just the beginning. And whether it ends up with two mega conferences or three mega conferences in three years, four years, whatever the timeline is, as I mentioned, we'll get used to it. Why? Because college football fans are not passionate about their teams. They're obsessed with their teams in big boy college football. And that's why when the dust settles and the music stops and we'll see who's sitting in which chair, we will eventually get used to it. But in the moment, it stings to have a traditional conference like the Pac-12 about to go bye-bye. If you want to chime into the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Amber Wilson. Coming up next, we head back to the NFL. Who is under more pressure going into this year, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson? This is ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's always football season around here at ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons hanging out with you here. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in some help with all things football. For that, we bring in Sam Acho, ESPN football analyst. And we will get to the NFL with Sam in just a moment. But Sam, first I want to ask you about what's happening in college football because Ian and I were just talking about it. We got the news last night that it looks like Arizona also is going to be leaving the Pac-12. That comes on the heels of the news from a week before that Colorado is leaving the Pac-12. It feels like the end of the Pac-12. What is your reaction to everything that's happening with conference realignment? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, you talk about the feeling that it's the end of the Pac-12. We heard about that TV deal that the Pac-12 just had was offered, which isn't impressive, a streaming deal. I think $20 million per team, which is significantly less than other teams. But I'm actually also interested in what's happening with the ACC and Florida State making, I don't know if they're threats or promises that they're going to leave the ACC. And I don't know if it's going to be the SEC they want to go to or, or what have you, but it seems like the conferences, at least the power five, quote unquote, are disintegrating before our very eyes. You know, Sacha, the irony is if Florida State were to go to the SEC and we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, they were offered many, many moons ago by the former commissioner and the great Roy Kramer when South Carolina and, and, uh, and Arkansas came in. And Florida State said, no, we don't want any part of that. 
Now, look at and all of a sudden you fast forward 30 years, and here we are, right? You know, the transition and the evolution of college football. Let me get your thoughts on that Apple streaming deal. Go back to when you were being recruited and you ended up at Texas, a proud Texas Longhorn. If a coach were to come to you into your living room and say, hey, and you go, well, where, where, where are we on? Are we on ESPN? We're on Fox? Where are we? And he goes, no, no, you're, we're going to be streamed on Apple. How would that impact you when it came to recruiting? Um, if it was a phone call, I'd hang up. <laughs> if they were in my house, I'd show them the door. I wouldn't show them the door. My parents would be like, all right, thank you and goodbye. Parents want to watch their kids play ball. Family members want to watch their kids play ball. And I don't think streaming is the way to the way forward. I mean, traditionally speaking, you go Saturday, turn the TV on, ESPN, Fox, whatever, you're looking for your games. You're not going to Apple TV or a different streaming service to go and find your games. So I, I remember – so, so that that'd be my first response. Um, that 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 would be my only response if, if that happened when I was being recruited. Uh, I, I just I I vehemently disagree with you both because I just think it hits different today. I mean, I still don't think it's a great deal. Don't get me wrong, because it ain't a great deal financially. But I think that it's easier today to convince recruits, hey, you could fire up, you know, ESPN Plus or Apple or Amazon or any of these streaming services and watch Amber. yourself or watch a game. Amber. It's true, Amber. Sam. Sam, it's a little no, different. Times have changed, no Sam. Way. Are you Sam, times Amber. have changed. Amber. Come on, Sam. No, no, it has, it has, but it hasn't. I mean, like, you're not like you want. Okay, sure, you want to see your clips on social media, but it's like you're still your parents are still the ones who want to watch you, right? Your uncles, your aunties, your uh, you know, your cousin, your auntie, and mama, and them. Like everybody wants to watch you, and they're not going to. ESPN. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, right? no, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Be careful. Resume, walk it back. Right? Walk it back. I, I, I'm just saying. I don't care if it's Apple Plus or this Roku. I ain't got that many pluses, right? So my thing is this: I want to turn on my TV. I mean, yeah, sure. You might have, you know, um, whatever, you know, Amazon Fire Stick and whatever YouTube TV, whatever. But it's like, I just, it's, it's not just you. You're thinking about or your 15 year old little brother. It's your, your, your uncles, your aunts, your whole family that wants to watch you. And to say I'm going to Apple TV to go watch, that's not – no, it's not appealing or enticing. Even for a player, like forget my, my uncles and aunties and mom and grandma, for a player, hey, man, we're going to show – if somebody told you ESPN versus Apple TV streaming, it's not a it's, – it's, it's, it's a non-starter, period. So, I mean, like, sure, times may have changed per se, but if you're recruiting, Amber, and you get a chance to recruit somebody, say, like, hey, man, I, you can be on ESPN every single week. Oh, let's go. Or, or – better option you could be streaming on apple tv there no period. i don't know ian I, I you have a teenager i feel like all she probably does is watch youtube i don't get the youtube thing but kids these is days is she watching know? espn plus is she oh, watching you know, she apple tv junk. plus well, of course saying, she's man. watching like, espn plus Sam, obviously <laughs> obviously she's everyone's watching espn she's watching, plus, plus, she's watching <laughs> listen to radio she's listening to our, to our show right now barriers of entry the barriers of entry she paid 799 let me stop He's Sam Macho. He has been NFL analyst, also author. His latest book, Change Starts With You. I've read it. It's a highly, highly recommended. Go pick it up. Sacho, training camp fights. A lot was men of Dak Prescott and Trayvon Diggs. You know, we see edge rushers and tackles get into it all the time. You were in a lot of training camps. You spent nearly a decade in the National Football League. When you saw this, what was your reaction? I wasn't. I mean, there was, there was something there, but I wasn't overly concerned, basically because it is training camp. And honestly, I'm more interested in what, like we heard what Trayvon said. What did Dak say? Because that's the thing. I, I, I'm, I love the sly comments that are – I don't love them, but I noticed the sly comments that are said under the breath. We heard Trayvon loud and clear, but Dak has some other stuff to say himself. And so 
I think I remember being in training camp and getting fights with guys like Kyle Long, right? Six, six, you know, three thirty. You know, we're swinging. The helmets are flying, fists are flying. You know, people are things are happening. And no, we weren't super tight of friends. But that's training camp. That happens. And so um, I think there's still respect there, and there may have been some meaning and passion behind the words. Um, but that's competitor too. So my biggest takeaway from that is. The defense honestly looked really good in that clip. And I think that's 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 my biggest takeaway more than anything. It's like, man, look how good this defense is going to be based off of – it wasn't even Trayvon that made that play. It was everyone else working in unison. Such a strange job football is, right? Like, can you imagine, like, Ian and I are just tired after a five-hour radio shift, and so we just start duking it out. <laughs> it's such a weird world that you football players live in. Sam Ocho, ESPN football analyst, joining us here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. So, Sam, we got the Hall of Fame game last night. No Aaron Rodgers, of course. No Deshaun Watson in that game. But out of those two guys, who has more pressure on them this season? I would say Deshaun Watson. And I think part of the reason why is that there have been so much expectations on him and and the contract. And sure, the contract is, it seems like it's so far removed. But that team is a lot of ways built to win. You got Miles Garrett on the defensive end. You just signed Zadarius Smith on the, to, to, to partner with him. Um, you have the best, one of the best running backs in all of football, Nick Chubb. I think he averages over five yards of carry in for his career, which is like top five in, in history for somebody's career. And and you have the guy who was the coach of the year in 2020, Stefanski. So it's almost like, hey, we brought you here to win. And we get it. You missed 11 games last year. You were a little bit rusty after 700 days off. But now is the time to get it going. And so even though it's not talked about often, I think there's more pressure on Deshaun Watson because not the contract, but because the expectations of, hey, man, it's either now or never. Sam, thanks for taking care of me on the road for 10 weeks in the XFL, buddy. Appreciate it. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was hoping to see Marin. Man, I was at the XFL media day, and uh, and we were streaming, and it was awesome. So let me just kind of just take back some of the stuff. But long story short, <laughs> but I was at the XFL media day, and Marin, I, didn't, I heard Marin, your daughter. Marin, everybody doesn't know Fitz's daughter, Marin, a freak athlete, awesome, swaggy. I, from what I heard, she was gonna she was doing some stuff. Maybe I was too she's hot. Now got out. Reporter, the, the legal documents, whatever. That's Amber's world. Didn't come in in time, but she'll be out there later on. Danny Garcia. Oh, so she wanted to get paid, paid, and they no, weren't trying to no, pay her. Get, what, come I on, got, Sancho. hey, I got you, man. You need an agent. Here we go. You need an agent. You need a voice. I got whatever. you, man. Like, just give me ten percent. Just ten percent. You know, I don't ask for much. You know what I mean? So then we'll go from there. I hear you, uh, Sam Ocho, ESPN football analyst. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. To be clear, we all think ESPN Plus is awesome. Coming up next, we'll get your calls. <laughs> the phone line is lighting up if you want to join the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. This is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. There are some unhappy campers all across the college football landscape right now with conference realignment happening in real time. We are happy campers, though, here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons with you because the phone line is lit, and we love when you join the conversation. We will get to the one quarterback battle in the NFL that nobody is talking about. We will get to that in moments. But first, we're going to get to your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. Brian has called us from Dallas. Hey, Brian, thanks for waiting on hold. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, the big thing is, is this Pac-12 realignment and, and loss of the team started when USC had its sanctions, you know, 10 years ago in you know, 2010. You know, the West Coast bias, the difference in the FBS, the difference in the TV deals, the West Coast has never been set up for that success on television money. You only have really two national, huge national brands in USC and Oregon. After that, the rest of the teams are not a national brand like you have with Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Alabama. The national branding is different. I, I, I was in the West Coast at SC many years ago, and I live in Texas now. I watch the games out here. I have to dig to Channel 350 to try and watch USC, and I'm definitely not going to be streaming on Apple Plus to get my USC games. So this has all been all part of this, you know, from the media all the way through. This has been in the works since at least around 2010, not just recent bias and recent monies. Yeah, it's been a long road, Ian, to get to where we are. I mean, it did not happen overnight it, to that caller's point. No, it goes back further than 2010. Go back to when, you know, the SEC with uh, then Commissioner Roy Kramer expanded and adding South Carolina and Arkansas. That's when it went back there. Then they had the first ever conference championship game in 1992. And people thought he was crazy. You know, what are you doing? I mean, you're putting, you know, a potential national championship contender at risk with another game. And Alabama and Florida played in that game. And Florida almost beat them. And it almost was a massive mistake. But Alabama ends up winning on an Antonio Langham pick six off of Shane Matthews. Sorry, Shane, you're a friend. Thanks for bringing that up. Amber, I know you're a proud Gator. Mm -hmm. And Alabama goes on to beat Miami in the national championship in 92. That's when it really began. And go look, think about this, to go into Brian's point about how this has been an evolution in, in collegiate athletics and driven by college football and football dollars. It wasn't that a decade ago, going back to around 2010. I don't remember the exact year, but it was around, you know, in, in that time frame, you know, around 10, 2010, 2011, when Chip Brown, then with OrangeBloods.com, popped the biggest story we have seen in a long time. And that was the Pac-16. You remember that? 
where Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were leaving the Big 12, driven by then-athletic director at Texas, Daddy DeLoss Dodds. And I call him Daddy DeLoss because he was the daddy of the Big 12. Everybody did what Daddy DeLoss said they were going to do. And they were, they were ready to leave the Big 12 and go to the Pac-12. The, what was it then? The Pac-10 or the Pac-12. No, it was the Pac-12 then. Um, to go to the Pac-16. Didn't happen because at the last moment, Daddy DeLoss said, no, we're not going to go. Oklahoma and Texas got a bigger revenue share. And then now Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. But this has been an evolution for a long, long time. Now it's just come to a head, in my opinion, because of Larry Scott, former commissioner of the Pac-12. He drove a once-proud conference right into the ground. And now here we are on the steps of the, the Pac-12 going bye-bye of Arizona joins Colorado and goes to the Big 12. And if that happens, Arizona State and Utah, in my opinion, aren't far behind. Mordecai is giving us a call from Raleigh. Hey, Mordecai, thanks for chiming in. Go ahead. Yes, I, uh, yeah, good morning, uh, folks. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, say something about the ACC. I mean, I understand this is a sports program. We're talking sports and all this, you know, conference realignment. But, but, let's, uh, but in terms of the ACC, ACC is probably one of the best academic conferences in the United States. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things going on in the ACC across um, universities in terms of research and, and, and things of that nature. So, so if, if, a, if schools like Clemson and Florida State, you know, want to leave the ACC and leave that type of stuff behind, I say good riddance to them. I say good riddance to them. So, um, so let's just not lose sight of that. Well, obviously, academia is still important. It's not important in terms of these conferences. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Yes, these universities make massive money off of their academics and their academic accomplishments as well. But when we're talking about sports, it's about television rights deals. And when we're talking about conferences, it's about television rights deals. It's about money for eyeballs on their screens. It's about brands of these universities. And that is wholly and completely about sports. So it doesn't matter how great Duke is at academics. They're still going to be great at academics. Academics, whether the ACC exists or not. Florida State academically is what Florida State is academically. As a Gator, I'm going to probably insult it a little bit. The point is, the point is, Ian, that from a sports perspective, Florida State has a brand attached to it. And because of that, it feels like it should be making more money than it's going to be making until 2037 under that television rates deal that the ACC is locked into with us. Yeah, but you know what's comical to me about Florida State and, and, and their president, athletic directors, you know, just screaming and yelling about how they want more of a cut and they deserve more of a cut or they're out. Is Clemson's the one that's been in multiple college football playoffs. Clemson's the one that has won multiple national championships in football, and it's all about football dollars. Yeah, and, and they're not they're not sitting there going, We deserve a bigger, you know, cut of the pie. We we deserve a bigger slice than anybody else does. They may be saying that behind the scenes but not publicly. So if anybody had a beef and, and to scream and yell from the college football mountaintop about dollars and why they deserve more of them, it to me it was Clemson and not so much Florida State. Even though this year Florida State's going to be a hell of a lot better. Mike Norvell's got them ticking up, and they have a preseason Heisman candidate in their quarterback, right? So it's, are, they, are they back to, to being Florida State? We'll see. They're closer, but if anybody – was going to be, should be screaming about getting more more money. It's Clemson, not Florida State, because they've delivered more money 
to the Florida States and the Dukes and every other school in that conference by going to the college football playoff and winning multiple national championships. Triple H, say ESPN. That's how you chime into the conversation. Harold is calling us from Tampa. Hey, Harold, go ahead. Well, to your point you just made, uh, yes, Clemson has brought a lot of the dollars. Clemson and Florida State, if you look at the ratings, move the needle. No one else in the conference does as far as viewership. Carolina moves it in basketball. FSU and Clemson move it in football. Those three schools, Big Ten, SEC, whomever, they should be knocking on those three schools' doors because those three schools put eyeballs on the television. Not Wake, not Duke, not NC State. I don't even understand why the Big Ten even really wants schools like Maryland or Rutgers, maybe because they're close to New York and D.C., but let's be honest, when was the last time Rutgers or Maryland did anything significant in basketball or football? Ian, your reaction. Yeah, well, basketball, they won a natty, but that was a long time ago. (laughs) I mean, a very long time ago. Uh, And football, uh, how about Boomer Esiason? I I like Mike Loxley, uh, the head coach there at at Maryland. He's got them better. Uh, I think they could be a bowl team this year. Uh, but to your point, are they moving the needle? No, it was all about TV markets, and that was it. And then, you know, when it, when it comes to the, the tri-state area of D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and then obviously Rutgers, it, you, you hit it. I mean, they were, they were trying to, to get a team in that New York, New Jersey footprint, even though Rutgers is not moving that needle also. But going back to the previous caller, Amber, you brought up academics. Academics don't matter. Right. I mean, not I not in to, this discussion. No, I don't they matter. Up on my Just not in this discussion. Yeah, it, well, yeah, of course it matters, but not when it comes to – College football realignment. And right. it's not about college. Re- it's about college football realignment. Right. Yes, Basketball's it- coming along for the ride. And you know, I almost, almost want to throw up on my boots when at, at the NCAA tournament, you hear at the podium, you know, when you're, when you're in the first round or the final four, questions for the student athletes. Every time I'm like, come on. What are we? How about athletic <laughs> students? I mean, right. Let's just be honest. So academia has zero to do with this conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's important. Obviously, these schools, we've had this conversation with the University of Miami time and time again because you're talking about you used to have a president there that was very obviously committed to academics, maybe, maybe before athletics as well. That can be a different equation where things like the university hospital, the medical program, those sorts of things on an academic perspective can make a lot of money for a university too. It just has nothing to do with what we're talking about when it comes to conference realignment, right? Those things don't go away. Way, whatever the academic side is from the university, whatever the president of the university's commitment to academics at the school is, that doesn't go away with conference realignment. What does go away, obviously, is television dollars or increases with television dollars, which is why all these schools want to change conferences. We are going to continue to stick with this theme throughout the show because Ian Fitzsimmons is here. He knows a thing or two about college sports at Ian Fitz ESPN. That's how you find him at Amber W sports is how you find me coming up next. Are we finally okay with college realignment? Are we accepting the reality? This is ESPN radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. So the Big 12 just got bigger. It seems like Arizona will be heading from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, just like Colorado. The Big 12 has been in the zone lately. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. It's all about dollars. You just heard it there on the intro to the segment. It is about the money, honey. And Ian, when we're talking about why FSU is unhappy, for example, in the ACC, well, right now, ACC schools, and they're locked into this deal with us here at ESPN, because we did such a great job with this deal. Uh, They're locked into this deal until 2036. According to the tax records, each school is making about $23.3 million each year. In the SEC, for example, when that television rights contract kicks in this year, those schools will be making $67 million per year. We're talking about, you know, $51 million per year, $67 million per year. These other schools in the ACC not making anywhere near that. And so if you're an FSU and you're looking at your brand, it's quite literally about the future, right? It's about the dollars. Where does that leave you? Where does that leave your program? If you're making so much less over the next decade plus than all of these other schools and these other conferences, then that's less money for your facilities. It's less money for your coaching staff. It's less money for the entire economy that surrounds these programs. And what does that mean for the future of your actual athletic programs? How are you going to compete with SEC schools when they have so much more money than you? It's an arms race. I mean, you, you look at, if you ever walk into Alabama's facility and you go look at their weight room, mm-hmm. And they're, they're sleep beds. I was just there about what about a month ago on my 25-day road trip with my daughter, Rowan. And we got a tour of the athletic facility. And I've, I've been there a few times, but my daughter hadn't, obviously. And they had these sleep beds, Amber, where the athletes can come in and the, 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 this, they lay down and the water comes up underneath you. The board floats away. And you are literally feels like you're on a cloud. And 30 minutes of sleep in that thing is equivalent to like three hours. What? And your enti- yeah, and your entire body just relaxes. That's what money brings. <laughs> Toys like that. Is that necessary for 18-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary I feel like for you a 51-year-old. I like right? that. I'm like, oh, my. It's the most- I mean, you got, your, you got your own music playing, and you rack out. I mean, it's un- it is unbelievable. That's what money brings. Football. Stay with Alabama for a moment. Nick Saban's underpaid at $10 million. Mm-hmm. He's taken a town of Tuscaloosa and turned it into, into a city. You know, the New English buildings, history buildings, football pays for that. And that's what Florida State's talking about. That's what Clemson, maybe behind the scenes, is talking about. Football drives everything. And when you see Rutgers making $50 million and you're Florida State and you're making $23, you are going, what? If you're right. Oregon and you're going Apple streaming and we have to have incentives and we get a little bit more if, we have, if our fan base gets buys more subscriptions – then we get it, mate. We might get to twenty-five million, where Rutgers is making fifty. 
Well, you're and, Rob and, Mullins, the athletic director. You're the chancellor, president, board of regents. You're going, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Something ain't right here. And imagine how this impacts the future, because you mentioned what Nick Saban makes, that $10 million underpaid, right? Now, at some point, presumably, even though he doesn't seem to age, Nick Saban's going to retire, He's right, immortal. one day. I mean, he, I, I, you know what? I, let, there are things that would shock me more than Nick Saban being immortal. However, assuming he decides with his immortality to hang it up at some point, imagine if you're in a situation like Mike Norvell, and I'm not saying the timing's going to work here or anything like that, but like, just walk with me down this hypo. Mike Norvell kills it at Florida State. He's a highly coveted coach. And Nick Saban decides to hang it up. And you're Alabama. And you look at Mike Norvell like, hey, that dude would be promising for the future of our program. If you're Florida State, there would be nothing you could do to offer Mike Norvell enough money to keep him there. He would, of course, be headed to Alabama because they would have so much more money to spend on their coach than you could ever compete with. We saw it with Jimbo Fisher, right? And that was before the craziness of these television contracts, these most latest rights deals kicked in. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about hamstringing these programs in the future and the sort of considerations that these athletic directors and these university presidents and these conference presidents are looking at. Triple H ESPN. That's how you join the conversation here with Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons. Joseph is calling us from Pennsylvania. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? Good morning. We're great. Thanks. All right. So when the Pac-12 and the ACC die, and we have all these teams joining, do we get rid of the East, West, North? You know, how, how's that going to work? Because you then you'll have a West side that's more dominant or a North side that's more dominant. How do we think that's going to work? Well, I know the SEC's already discussed that, right, Ian? Yeah, divisionless. They talking, yeah, they, right, they've already the gone divisionless. So, yeah. and, and, you know, most, most power conferences are now going to go divisionless. It's the two, two best teams. Mm-hmm. That will Period. be playing in your conference championship game. So that, that's, that's being already solved with, with most of you know, the big boy uh, conferences in college football. Scott is calling us from Minnesota. Hey, Scott, what do you have? Yeah, I'm calling about uh, the realignment. Um, I think it makes sense if uh, players getting paid uh, at college level, then they uh, should get realigned because they can uh, – get more television revenue and uh, make everybody happy, including the staff and uh, uh, the fans as well, mostly the fans that are coming to the games and paying revenue tickets. Well, the, the players are, still aren't getting paid. Though. Did he say the players are getting paid at the top of that call? The players still aren't getting paid. I mean, well, they yeah, are obviously – yeah, yeah they're, they're benefiting off their name, image, and likeness. They're not getting paid by the university, which is, you know, that's all – listen, pay for play. That's a whole – another conversation because, yes, they're being compensated, but they ain't being compensated by these TV deals. <laughs> And no, boy, do and we see the money said, that's available that's, to do that, by the way. Yeah, that, that's a road I really do not yeah. want to go down today because that's a much longer conversation and we'll all have headaches and need like mm-hmm. dual action Advil to try and get over it. Right. Uh, that's, that's certainly true. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Bill is calling us from New York. Go ahead, Bill. Um, the older I get, the more my attention wanes with all the sports, just all the changes. I'm not big on most of the changes in all the sports, but with this one, it's gotten a little ridiculous now. You got teams from Texas that are in the SEC. You got it's called the Big Ten. You got this many teams in there now, and now it's gotten to a point where are they, are they going to change the names of these conferences? So they make more <laughs> sense because it's kind of stupid now with the teams that have jumped ship over the past ten years to different conferences. The names, the names just don't make sense anymore with the conferences. 
That, I mean, that's an, that's an excellent point. I, I feel like they should at least change the numbers, right? You know, like it, the Big 12. The, I mean, it's stupid. The Big 10. They did for a while. We went from Pac-8 to Pac-10 to Pac-12. Yeah, we did math, right? Yeah, we were able to add. I mean, you know, yeah. Big 8 to, and, and the Southwest Conference merged, and you get 12 teams. You had the Big 12. That's gone bye-bye. I like. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, the ACC they and the up. SEC, and that's about it. Those are the ones getting it right in the Mountain West. Yeah. You know, well, the they're kind of getting it right. Although yeah. to that caller's point, like you know, it's it's not exactly geographical anymore either. Or certainly not completely accurate anymore either. The thing is, there's such a brand attached to these conferences. Yeah, that's exactly that, right. Right, and that's what you don't want to give up. Like when you talk about the Pac-12, there's an opportunity here. Maybe they end up realigning with a conference that's, you know, considered like, quote unquote, a lesser conference. Like if they're joining up with the Mountain West or something like that, right? they would probably get the Pac-12 branding attached to that just because that's considered the more powerful branding. So you do have to consider the brand, but I do think the number could change without the brand. Let's do some math. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.